Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're back on Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matt Peverell, joined by my co-host as always, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, just to cap that off with the dunce, Jeffrey Benedict uh. contributes in the live chat. Akello with a spoon, four snaps, 61 yards, and a TD given up. Yeah. Oh, that that, that was almost looks like he's um like play, playing receiver. <laughs> <laughs> they would be, hey, we would be, we'd be very happy with that contribution on the on the receiving side. Four of the snaps, football. 61 yards, and a TD. Oh, given up. Oh, okay. He's given pretty up. fast and he's pretty tall. You know what? Yep. This is it. I figured it out, right? I know Jeff, you know, Jeff, as in Jeff Hartman asked the question a lot during one of his Let's Ride uh, shows this week. He asked a lot about Akello with the spoon and why the Steelers got him. And, you know, the, the Steelers, you know, swung massively and missed massively. They didn't. This is all part of the Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin master plan. Juju's out. They've got a six foot two, whatever he is, you know, cornerback who, you know, can, can read the play. I think he's got a 4.43, you know, 40 or something like that. Make him a wide receiver. Put That's put him in, answer. coach. Put him in. At this point, <laughs> could there be a worse stat line? I don't know. I don't know, right? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, you know what? I'm going to defend him for this one little bit. We're all ragging him out. Give him time. What if he comes out this week or next week and has an amazing game for two interceptions? Then we everything we, we, we have to hold our – you know, we have to take it all back. No, we don't. We don't have to? All right. Well, no, I'm, right. that's why I'm, I'm not saying It'll anything. Be a one-hit but... wonder. It'll be like MC Hammer. 
I'm not, I'm not seeing him this yet because, uh, you know, he gave up the one play. And, yeah, fair enough. He's not getting the helmet and stuff. But, um, you know, Witherspoon's know, a cool name. Time out. <laughs> Jeffrey Benedict contributes in the live chat. Then he truly could be Deontay <laughs> Moncrief. Didn't, didn't Deontay De, De, Moncrief, that one catch, hit him in the helmet? Was that right? That, is it the charge game or something? That yeah. Mason threw in that ball when he went to, went to catch it, he hit him right in the head. Like the, sad thing, the sad thing is, is that Deontay Moncrief isn't like before he joined the Steelers was not actually that bad a wide receiver. Like I don't know what was going on, and you know who knows what was going on in his personal life or what have you. But I just, yeah, I, I still don't. I can't believe how badly that went. Is all was all I'm gonna say. Yeah, like true. that was just bad. <laughs> oh, classic. All right. Let's let's move on to slinging the slang. Just as All just right. as Big Ben likes to sling the rock and slung it better last week, we like to sling the slang. Mark D, what have you got for the listeners this week? Do you mine's, have words? What have you got? Mine's easy this week. As I um uh, as I looked outside today, there's a you know a, a bluebird sky. I don't know. I wanted to find out oh, today yeah. if uh you know in Australia we say you know bluebird sky. I wanted them to find out if that is really Australian slang or is that slang Bluebird Sky or, you know, you don't really say it like that, but is that American slang as well? Um, I don't know. So I really was, was, you know, wanted to go to a different angle and I thought it's a really nice day outside today. There's, it's, it's a, you know, Bluebird Sky. It's awesome out there. Well, we usually say it as well when it's skiing, like it's a bluebird day because it's like, you know, sunny and really good snow and like, you know, you're not having to battle the elements and what have you there. We also use bluebird sometimes in some business perspective where you get a bluebird when, you know, you're signing a massive contract in a in a quarter. So your sales team <laughs> kicks it off really well. So, yeah, interesting that uh, no one uh, no one's heard of bluebird days. But, yeah, if you're a skier or what have you, or even if you live somewhere where it snows, you know, those days when it's beautifully sunny and, you know, just the sun's glistening off the snow and it's not like horrible conditions. Yeah, that's that's how we I usually or, or people around me usually use Bluebird. Jeff Jeff says here, uh, Jeff from uh, Barnes Walker, no blue skies, but no birds. There's no birds near you, Jeff. What's going on? <laughs> not one bird? Come on, mate. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. So that's so. So bluebird, like that's that must be an Australian thing then, because people are saying it's not. They've never heard the term, which is um. We must have so many, Maddie. We must have so many that we're not even thought about just yet. That's it. That's it. Well, for this week, I had a bit of Australian saying, kind of fits with me, uh, like, like you know, over the past week, and it also it kind of fits with the Steelers, and that's come good. Right, so come good means yeah, to recover right. well, or you know, uh, come back pretty well. And uh, you know, I think the Steelers came back and turned out well. Uh, you know, I've come back and hopefully I'm turning out well. I'll let the listeners be the judge of that one. Um, but yeah, I just thought she's, you know, as they say, she's come good. Yeah, you I know? like that. Um, or if you, like, you know, if you're liking horse racing and they come around the corner and they're starting to hit the straight and take the lead, you know, they're coming good. So I know that's not the best, <laughs> you know, from a grammatical perspective. But we do say, you know, something's come good in Australia. I, I so. say that a lot. It's, it's, it's kind of like when something really bad has happened with, you know, she'll be right kind of like atmosphere. Yeah, exactly. Um, when she'll be right. She's come good. How often? Yeah, have you she's heard come that? good. Like it just means that, you know, uh, something super bad can happen to you, like your car's on fire or something, and then someone put it out and you're like, oh, she's come good. It's all right. <laughs> a lot of our things are like, it's like, you know, stuff, you know, stuff happens to us in that saying too. Stuff happens to us. And we always just think of the other side. We think so positively, like, oh, she'll be okay. It's fine. 
Like you fall over and you're like, oh, you know, you, you bang your toe. And someone goes, didn't you break your toe? Three weeks? Oh, yeah, she's come good now. It's all right. Like we just don't care. We just, just move on. Just keep going. You know, and it's really interesting. I've seen a, a comment in the live chat that this gets steam monetized in the US. And like, I think people are taking the the different connotation with that phrase. <laughs> oh, nah, come on. It's like, I know. It's like 2 is, do you know what's so funny, right? You know what's so funny is that like you look at American media and what have you and like, you know, things like nudity and what have you are so frowned upon, but then like the language that's in some things and what gets away with like your music videos and stuff like that. I, I find this stuff. I think everyone just keep a PG, like keep, keep a PG. See uh, you know, me. That's what I'm to keep say. to keep it PG, there are certain words that the that the Americans say about like rooting for a team. Oh for, yes, know. like when Dad does hey. his rooting guide each week, I sit there and have a chuckle to myself. You know, like that means that means completely different to me uh, for what we say. So you know, don't go down that route with us. Okay, we could if if, or, if we wanted. Do you know to. that they, they call the um middle. You know, you know, in the back of your car, Mark, and you've got the middle seat, and in front of it. There's the little divider between the two leg spaces for legroom. Hmm. Yeah, they call that the hump. Well, the, I, I, even similar, I've got a mate who calls the back seat right in the car the dicky seat. I should, I should be allowed to say that. Hopefully, um, it's it's called it's called the. Uh, I don't want to say it again, but that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so, like we yeah. have a model of car down here called Commodore, and. Uh, I had a I had an uncle that used to call them the condomador. Yeah, look, there's look, uh, yeah. the American guys. There, there are some things that you guys say that we just laugh at and go, "Hang on, that means completely different to what uh, what we would say." And I think we're we're walking on a tightrope. <laughs> we are. We are we're walking a fine line. <laughs> but look, let's go to the let's go to the super chat we've got because we've got a lot to crack through in this last half hour of the show, and we're you know almost ten minutes into it. But Felicia drops throws ten dollars in the chip jar. Tip jar. Thank you very much, Felicia. She says here's to buying a few beers to my favorite M and M's. We love that, Felicia. Hard yeah. on the outside and sweet on the inside. You know, and hopefully that's what the Steelers are as well. And truly nuts for the Steelers like me. Here we go, Steelers. Oh, that's awesome, Felicia. How good is that? And I love M&M's. M&M's are great. I had this old adage when I used to like, when I was overseas, right? And I used to go, you know, hike all the mountains and I was in Canada and stuff, Canada. Um, I had to take with me, I took with me M&M's because what better way to sit back on a mountain slinging beers and eating M&M Krispies on top of a mountain? Like that was, that's what that was my like thing that I did. I must admit, M and M's are one thing I miss. You know, I can't have them with um the, the dietary issue that I have that you know about, Mark, and the, you know, ah, uh, suffer from it. And then they also, as a kid, when or you know, even as an adult, and you go to America, you guys have those M and M factories, and you can get all the different colors and how much yeah. fun that is as well. You know, we don't have that in Australia, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but look, let's move on to the Seattle Seahawks, Mark. You know, before I get into my sort of bits, you know, what are you looking out for in this game? And and I think let's let's talk about it from a team perspective, and then let's go into the usual. We've always got two players or, or two things to watch from um, each team. I'm looking out for two two things. Yep. Uh, firstly, number one, you got to stop the run from uh, Pete Carroll's team. Pete Carroll loves to run the football, except in big occasions where they throw the football and they lose. <laughs> You should have ran that ball, Seahawks. What are you doing? Why did you throw that ball second and two? All you had to do was hand off to Marshawn Lynch for a game winner, and you threw the ball and the game away. But, however, 
Pete Carroll does does love to run, does love to run the football. Um, so I'm interested to see what Alex Collins can do. I believe Collins was from the Ravens because the other bloke, Carson, uh, Chris Carson, is that his name? Yeah, Chris Carson. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a really good running back too. So you have another situation where you ha- you you haven't got the starter there in in the Seahawks team. So take advantage, take care of business, and stop the run. Um, if we do our punts later, I'll, I might I might do a prediction for that. But you've got to stop that run because because Seahawks football is around that. They're going to do play action pass. They're going to use use Geno like that. They're going to run Geno with a bit of wildcat or whatever. Well, he's going to scramble, and they're going to run this football because that's really their offense. And depending if if, if um the DK Metcalf is if he's out or, or Tyler Lockett, you know they they. I thought, really he was, just... I thought Metcalf. Yeah, I think Metcalf is eligible because I know Just Me brings it up. I thought I had seen that he is eligible. Yeah, I'm not sure, but that, that's number part one and part two is um uh Geno Smith hasn't started a game in four years. He's 12 and 19 as a, a career starter. He's a nine year veteran. Just take care of business, mate. Just 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 win you just got to beat him like what else do you, you know if i had you know how good of how good a pump uh, pump up talk is that hey tj Watt, just win just, just like it's it's geno smith mate like he hasn't he's he's not yeah. he's an average quarterback um if he i'll be very shocked like in our survival at like the btsc survival league i'm choosing the steel this week and if we lose i'll be filthy because geno smith's gonna go down there and, and rock three touchdowns on us I'm interested to see how filthy you are. I was pretty filthy when I got knocked out on the Titans losing to the Jets. Oh, <laughs> that, like, oh. oh that was not a good. That was not a good time to be around. That, <laughs> that was a that was a bad time. That just shouldn't uh, no, I, can, I completely agree with you. I think for me, a couple of things that I'm looking at is when the Steelers and the Seahawks are very similar. When both teams rush for more than 100 yards, and and Dave talked about this brilliantly on these stats, like. You know, if they hadn't have, um, if Jesse James had been, well, he did catch that ball. If that had been real correct, you know, um, and if you add in the draw, the Steelers would be like almost 40 games where if they've run for 100 yards, they've won the game. The Seahawks, where they've rushed for over 100 this this season, um, you know, they, they, they tend to win. When they don't, they tend to lose. Uh, you know, they've got an average defense. And I think one of the things I'm looking, looking out for is the Steelers' ability to run the football because – the Seahawks have actually only allowed have, have allowed a season low of 113 yards on opposing teams and a season high of 212 yards. So the O-line can put it together this week. I'm excited for what we can do. And you've seen that translate to first downs. So the Steelers this season have had a high of 21 first downs, which I'm pretty sure was last week, right? They're usually getting 17. They had 17 in two games, 19 in one game, 16 in another. But the Seahawks on the flip side, have allowed a minimum of 23 first downs from for the opposing offense. You know, in, in yep. 23, 23 um, first downs in two games, 24 in another, 28 in another, and 33 in the other game. So for the Steelers this week, if you're sitting there and you're watching this game develop, particularly in the second and the third quarter, if the Steelers are going to win this game, regardless of what the score is looking like, you want to see the Steelers be getting first downs regularly. And realistically, that's going to have to come from the run. And we saw that shift, you know, to more running last week. You see, if you see that this week, particularly through that third quarter, as I said, regardless of what that score looks like, and obviously it's going to be closer, otherwise we're going to be throwing the football, uh, you know, but whether we're ahead or behind, that's going to show you where we're going to get some momentum. So the Steelers, for me, 
really need to capitalize on those two things, getting first downs because the, the, the Seattle Seahawks defense is not very good at that. They're allowing a minimum of, you know, 350 yards almost uh, from their opposing, um, you know, the offense, their opposing team's offense each game. But equally, you want to see them do that by making significant run gains as well. Yeah, I agree. And in the a lot of these Seattle defense are really backing Geno Smith as well. They're saying, well, you know, we, we do like his play, but we need to step up. Uh, Bobby Wagner is the kind of the guy that, you know, is going to be hard to run against. Um, but you're, you're correct. This The Seattle defense at the moment is 32nd in the league. Um, and a, a big part of their, you know, you think we're in trouble with our Steelers franchise. The big mm. part of the, the Seahawks franchise is Russell Wilson, and he's out. He, his finger's Gonski's. Um, so, you know, this is, uh, and the running back number one, Carson, I think you have, is it Alex Collins? I just don't, I'm not too sure what I, what I, what I, how I rate Alex Collins. Maybe he's a bit like Snell. I don't know. He played with the Ravens. He did a few things. Anyone as bad as Snell? Yeah, true. Why do I say that? Uh, (laughs) you know, there's, um, the other guy, Homer, like he's a, like a third down kind of guy, like gets out in the screen and that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to depend on putting pressure on Gino which we have to any any quarterback and like yeah you just have to let Gino beat us like play outstanding and you can't give him a you know give him a gimme game and um this will be a hard game to, to, to watch and really feel as if like played so well last week and then if we go down early like for a 10-0 and we're playing really sloppy football it just can't happen like that you've got to do the fundamentals we have to start getting first downs and, you know, we are who they thought they were. We have to take care of business with the Seahawks. And it's just, I just, this game, I'm all, I'm all in this game. I'm not saying a blowout, but I think you have to win. Like, this is the one where you, you need to win. You know, versus Packers last week, sure, it's, 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 it's 50-50 or Packers were better. This game, it's an injured Seahawks team. And we don't know if Metcalf is playing. Um, you've got to step up. And this is the one that they, I think they can. And put some style points on, you know. Get get the the stats stats going up a bit. Where's 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 your mate um, Highsmith been? Like, you know, what's going on with that? Yeah, and one thing I would say that when you're looking out for this as well is Philip Dorsett's not done a lot this season, or I think he's done virtually nothing for the Seahawks. Watch him if De- if Metcalf's playing. Watch Lockett. Everyone focused on Lock- Lockett and Metcalf, and look at Geno Smith hit him. I think I think Dorsett's up for a a big game for this team, um, you know, for, for the Seahawks side of things. But yeah, you talk about, and I think this goes into our punts of the week almost, but you talk about, you know, Highsmith. Highsmith needs to step up this game, but I actually think the pressure is more on TJ. TJ, you signed that big contract. This is the game you need a couple of sacks, a forced fumble, you know, get that turnover that shifts momentum in this game at a key point in time or on a second or third down, um, you know, or as they're driving into, you know, your red zone, 30 yards, et cetera, field goal range. So I actually think TJ also needs to step up, but TJ can't be doing it all, as you rightly said. You know, no. Highsmith needs to step up as well. I think you you also want, you know, Ingram coming in and putting yeah, pressure. I was just gonna say, you just want to have this wave, this constant horde. Yeah. Like it needs to be Lord of the Rings, orcs, you know, like <laughs> going over going over the wall kind of thing. You just want to see those ladders, more well, guys coming over. doesn't matter how many arrows you fire at them. They're just going to keep coming is back. Is that uh, Lord of the Rings? I don't, I don't, I'm not a big the fan two of the towers. Number two Hell's Deep. The Battle of Hell's Deep. Great, I love that great. one. You know when they're on that, you know, on the ramp that's like yeah. the bridge and they all three of them, they get in and, um, you know, Orlando Bloom's like surfing on the shield and the dwarf guy's hanging off the bat with his axe. Oh, that's that's a, yeah, that's a fun, you know, a lot of the Lord of the Rings can be a bit like stale and a bit like, you know, 
the one part about the Lord of the Rings I hated the most when I was watching it was the number three where it took him about 45 minutes to drop the ring. And you're like, mate, just drop it. Just drop it now. Like, what are you doing? Just hurry up and get rid of it. I'll tell you a funny thing about that. I went to the movies to watch that one and I needed to go to the toilet. And you know how they all go for like three hours and I needed to go to the toilet with about 40 minutes to go. And I was like, oh, I can hold on here. And then they're getting about 20 minutes to go. I'm like, they're not wrapping this up in three hours. No, I was the same. I sat there for like another 45 minutes. Like. I was exactly the same. I had to go to the restroom as well or to the dunny. And uh, I was like, can you, Frodo, man, like you're, uh, like you're four feet away. <laughs> Just, you know, sink it like a Kobe shot. Sink it. And then, and then like the game's over. Like you had to draw that out. And then, and then he throw, they, they give the ring and then he goes back to like Gandalf's house for coffee for like two hours. Like, it's just like, man, what are you doing to us? Like we had to go to, they must've known that everyone had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. They're complete status. <laughs> Uh, but look, listeners, you did not expect to get a rant about the Lord of the Rings franchise in a minute and a half, but that's what that's what it is. Uh, the other thing for me is pun of the week. Uh, let, let's get into this. I want to quickly get to some audience Q and A. Uh, but pun of the week for me, you know, there are bold predictions. As we like to say a punt in Australia means a gamble. You know, it started off with some Jordan Berry kicks, and you know, it's hard to make any claims about them. But you know, we're, we've moved on from that from when we kicked off as a show. You know, over a year ago now, almost eighteen months. Uh, but for me, Pat Framuth TD, I think, yeah. I think Canada uses him smart. Whether he gets heap of receptions or heap of yardage, doesn't matter. I think he's going to get a lovely red zone TD. Uh, and I, I'm feeling like, you know, maybe those jet sweeps, but I think it's more likely to be a nice catch, high jump, you know. Uh, you know over, the, over the middle? How, how, yeah, over how, the middle. Come in, they're probably going to be six or seven out from the line. He's going to cut in, you know, maybe fend someone off. Jump up there, high catch, beautiful touchdown. Maybe it's the second touchdown of the game as well, toward the back end or the middle of the the second quarter. That's just what I'm feeling. Also, too, if they're running the ball really well, and you know Bobby Wagner and the linebackers come in to they pull the linebackers mm. in as well. Um, mm. Bobby Wagner's a good player, but if he if he commits to the run, um, it doesn't matter if you do an RPO or play action. And then the next minute, uh, Frymuth, whoever he versus on the the third corner, I don't even know who that is. Doesn't matter. Um, his size, he needs to get in this game and. It's a Sunday night game as well. It's a big game, a big spectacle. So I can see big things from him. Um, my pun of the week this week is going on defense. I believe you have to get uh, this the running game less than 75 yards. Actually, no, 70 yards. Like no more than 70 yards running. Should I even go, should I go further than that? Should we go 50? Was that too much? I think it's, uh, well, it's up to you. I, I, I sort of, it's your pun of the week, but, um, you know, I think, I think they're going to, I think they're going to get 70 on this team. I'm going to say, missing and we'll go right in the middle, 60, less than 65 yard, yards rushing by the Seahawks because they're going to rush it. They can't get anywhere. Then they're going to go to Jenna Smith to try and move the football and they're going to get into, uh, who do I go with the, the run game or the receiving game? And hopefully they're down by points by then. So less than 65 yards, I think our defense will show up and they need to stop the run so the Seahawks feel un- feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And look, why everyone gets their questions ready in the live chat, because we're now going to go to audience Q&A. I think one thing I'd also say is that I think the Steelers need to step up and limit the limit the passing yards. You know, Geno Smith can't throw for over 220. If he throws for under 220, I think they're going to be really hard-pressed to, uh, to win this game. So... But look, we'd love to answer any questions in the live chat. We usually got a few, but uh, but Mark, yep. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna ask you another question. Uh, I asked you earlier around is, you know, who's having a better season, DJ or 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 Claypool? 
Same on the um on the cornerback position. I'm gonna throw you an absolute doozy of a question. Is Sutton exceeding expect the expectations for him this season? Or is James Pierre exceeding the expectations? They might be exceeding the expectations, but who if they are, who is exceeding their expectations more? I would say Pierre, James Pierre. Okay. Yeah, just because he, you know, he made some plays where he ran down that uh, that the Jack Williams guy from the running back. That was a good play. Saved us, saved player, us a, a great player. Um, he saved us a touchdown there, and he, he's fighting back like he's he's making mistakes, but then he's getting the interception and he's coming back with a with a game uh, uh, game clinching win. You know, so but I want to ask you this question before we get some other ones. Um, Will, what's happening? Would you, what do you think of Joe Hayden's play so far? Oh, I think he's like when he's out, you miss him. Um, I think this whole defense, you know, we talk a lot last year about when Devin Bush goes out and they struggle with the sacks and then, then Bud Dupree goes out and they really struggle. And I think this season, like not having to it, like, you know, how big a fan I am, I am of to it, right? You know, like I, I love, I love to it. I think that, you got to think about the flow-on effect that that had. Like, you got to think of the offense and defense, right? Yeah. If you're missing a center or you're missing, you know, a key tackle or the quarterback, and you start listing a tight end, you know, less so much tight end, but a wide receiver, you start listing on a running back. There's some core players that you need, and you can go through it and argue for why every player is important. But there are some core players that you need. And you know the defensive side of the football, right? And you look at what Haywood does and what, what's able to do and whoever's in that, you know, right side, you know, outside linebacker position and like the integral nature of to it. And then, you know, to have him missing and then Alualu missing that has a flow on effect for the rest of the defense, because then you need other people yeah, to step up. And so I think the, the piece for me with Hayden is that, you know, obviously the way the secondary has to move now to create pass rush to shut down things in the box, alters the way everyone plays. I think he's having a fantastic season. Like, and I heard the rumor that the Cowboys were after him. He's going to try to test the market. I think, I personally think he's having a great season. I just, you know, you might not have seen the interceptions that you might have hoped for yet, you know, and I only think he's potentially one short there, um, you know, from what you'd expect. I think he's having a good season, but I think as it's like what we say with Minka, when you're in the secondary there's a lot of things that you don't see that show, don't show up on the stat sheet yeah, that are really important to think about. So, you know, he's, I, I, you know, he's allowing a much higher quarterback rating than he traditionally does this season of like 121 versus like the last few years with Pittsburgh, where it's been like 72, um, 66 and a half, 75.9, you know, but he's also allowing a lot less air yards this season um, through, through this, through, uh, four games that the four games that he's played, he's allowing a high completion rating, but he's also playing, you know, um, a lot shorter depth of target. He, the only thing for me that I would say that I have noticed, and now I've seen it, I've been able to pull up the stat for it. He's missed almost 20% of his tackles, right? I do worry about that, but then like of all the tackles that you miss, you need to go back and have a look at why why you're missing them and why you're not. Like, you know, are you being put in a compromising position? You're trying to do too much. What are you doing that's outside of what you should be? You know, are they have they thrown a shifty on you? Whatever it is. So, yeah, I guess your my question, to, my answer to your question is, 
I don't. I'm not like, oh my god, Joe Hayden, but I'm not sitting yeah, here I, going, I, you're yeah. a Keller Witherspoon because he's not. I feel the same with Joe Hayden. I think he's got, you know, he's a great player. He's just having a very average few games, and he can always turn it around. Um, I wanted to quickly answer this one from Portner Coenda. Yeah. He says, Mark are, all, Mark, are all the barber shops in Sydney still closed due to the coronavirus? Um, I'll answer that question with, with this statement. I won't be cutting my hair until Benny Snell gets over 100 yards. That's Hands down. Wild and woolly. <laughs> nah, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Mark and Nada Mark, how close did you follow the NFL as a whole? Any thoughts on the Raider email scandal? Any impact you think possibly for our Steelers? There's so many emails not showing yet. I'm not touching that with a 10-foot pole. Let's all right. all I'll say is that the <laughs> the language that is expressed across those emails is not acceptable to me uh, personally, whether it's now or a decade or really at any given time. Uh, I think I'm a little bit more concerned about, well, not more concerned, but I'm interested to see what's handled out of what was going on with the Washington football team and that cheerleading scandal, uh, that to me is very concerning. The other thing that's concerning is the piece around Adam Schefter and the editing of some of those articles. Now, look, a lot of journalists in any field work with media teams, um, you know, of an organization or politician or brand or whatever to make sure they get facts right. There's no error there. Uh, but I, yeah, I, the issue for me as well is, why why wasn't this handled before, right? The NFL is an organization that made, I think a couple of years ago, I'll just go to the stat that I saw, an $8 billion profit, right? Or had a revenue of $8 billion. That's more than a lot of organizations. And in a lot of organizations, they're monitoring this stuff. How do we get, how do we get here? That's the question for me. The other thing I think is, if anyone's got a right to say on anything, it's players that have played with him, coaches that have coached with him, um, Carl Joseph had nothing but positive things to say. I'd love to know what Carl Nassib thinks of this. Also, people can change in what that they in what they find and what they, they learn from experiences as well. And I think that's one thing, you know, we talk about football players and adapting to change on the field. You need to adapt to change in life. There are things that you you need to look at constantly. Um, but what I would say is that like let it be dealt with, you know. It's affected. And actually, the interesting insight that I'll give that I don't hear many people talk about, when I was listening to Move the Sticks this week with Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, they talked about the impact that something like this has on the families of the coaches that have come in with Gruden, on those families of, and of coaches that may be forced to leave now as a new regime comes in, and the, the kids that this affects. You know, you know, when, when Gruden put together his coaching staff, he pulled people from everywhere. Um you know, and that's and so all I would say is think about the impact that would have on the Steelers coaching staff and um, the Steelers organization if things came out. Now, you've asked a question there, Sean Manahan, as to whether there's things that involve the Steelers. Who knows? I, I hope that we're, we're we come out clean from all of this, but uh, yeah, look, I think it's things will roll out the way they roll out. You know, just one thing in any case with, um, with you know, with emails in general. Um, I remember one time when I sent an email to my boss, but I tagged every single person in it. Have you ever, have you ever done that by accident? <laughs> no, 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 but I was, I've been, in, I've been, yeah, I've not always, you know, every all of us need to be careful about, you know, 
what I would say is before you continue this story, Mark, is like email is something sometimes you're better off picking up the phone because in, in email things can be taken out of context. Yeah, we uh so at work I had a like a I had a problem with the boss and it was like it was a me and her issue kind of thing. Uh, I got got sent an email about something, some issue at work, and then I um, you know, expressed my views and my passion in this email. And uh, I, I didn't realize that the email was sent to every single staff member and her. And then she was like, Mark, I, I like, you know, your view and I understand you have a problem, but why did you have to send it to 80 staff? And I went, what mm. do you mean? And I CC'd accidentally everyone like somehow, which was great. And then everyone's at work was like, hey, Mark, nice email. And I was like, how do you know? And, and they, were, they, were, uh, they were tagged in it. So. You gotta be careful, you know. Was um, who but was I also that? hate when people do that too. Like they ask you for something, they might be late for, and they tag you, you all your bosses in there, and it's like, hang on, you don't know the full story, you know. Like I, I don't like that. People try that one on. I just thought I it was that. going to my HR boss, and we had this discussion about the problem, and yet it went to every single person, and then and then the whole staff and everyone at the club was like, "We appreciate your thoughts, Mark," and I'm like, "How do you know?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian says, does anyone know if Tuart is ready to return? No. You, uh, well, the biggest marker is, is, has he been at, like the activation and the 21 days off the um, IR and that hasn't happened yet. Um, Valicia, I'm going to be mad as hell to see Benny Snail, <laughs> Benny Snail break out to be a beast when his rookie contract is over and get paid. That's so true. That's so he true. Just, he, he's just got to step up. If he's number two for us, he needs to have a game. The next few games, he really has to do something. Brian Brown says he's convinced Benny Snell is dirt on someone. How else is he still on the roster? Yeah, he's uh he's sent the uh, good old Dan McCullers sent him the good old picks um, there of, of some of the coaching guys, the coaching staff. Um, wish they could have kept Connor as the backup. Not impressed. I don't know, but Connor didn't want to be the backup. Like I, I like the idea of giving Najee the room to do what he needs to do. You know, I love, I think that that helps in that, in that confidence. I think Najee would be a professional about it anyway, but I just, I think it allows Najee just to do but his thing. Before we start to end, Matty, is, is Et Mac, is Et Mac coming back this week or is he waiting till uh, next, next week? I was trying to pull that up. I think they're going to wait for him. Um, for the Browns game. Here we go. Oh, yeah. I can't get <laughs> I'm so excited for that Browns game too. Oh, unreal. Oh man. Can't wait. Brad matchmaker. Brad Jewett says, my dad wants to know why Highsmith hasn't had his coming out party this year. I would say that, let's think about this, like it's been five games, you know, he struggled as well. And he was, what did he miss? Did he miss two games or was it one game? Um, you know, I I think with Highsmith too, you know, you're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs on these sorts of things. And look at the steals at a whole. Isn't it like we've got like 10 sacks on the season? That's not steals yeah. at No, we're not playing... Uh... How we normally play in that role, I guess. Yeah. So I just temper, I temper the um, the the feel of him not living up to expectations is probably the best way to say it. I'm not sure if we've got any final questions to wrap up the show. Uh, you know, Brian says, you know, everyone is all about McFarland. He hasn't done anything positive for the Steelers either. True, true. But he hasn't done as many negative things or lack of thereof. Um, of, of any sort of production that uh, Snell and Balage have done. But I think with that, Mark, that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. Now I'm Matt Peverell, joined by Marky D, Marky Davison. The show goes super quick as always. Mark, 
close this out. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, beloved, makes me live for tomorrow.